0: SCP 7579. Uh is for Okeslos. In recent years, the idea of artificial intelligence has become a lot more prominent in the public consciousness, largely in part due to the development of large language models and machine learning algorithms, even if these aren't technically artificial intelligences. The concept of AI has been subject to various degrees of fear-mongering for decades now, with articles from 160 years ago mentioning the possibility that intelligent machines could one day supplant humans as the dominant species on this planet. While the reality of that may or may not be overblown, it's certainly going to remain a popular idea in science fiction for years to come. Which brings us to SCP-7579, an article that plays around with a classic SCP, SCP SCP-079, showing how it might get a little out of hand. Let's take a look. We'll get to SCP-7579, but first the article gives us the description for SCP-079, an artificial intelligence inhabiting an Exedy Sorcerer microcomputer cassette tape, connected by RF cable to a small, text-based display. It comprehends, and is capable of, rudimentary communication, in both traditional English and ASCII art. Though the intelligence's structure and objectives remain unclear, it demonstrates unprecedented data manipulation, long-term sentient behavior, and persistent intent to breach containment. Testing indicates that its software has evolved beyond generous estimations of its hardware's capabilities. In particular, its ability to parse and synthesize English text is inexplicable given its limitations. Purportedly, the AI can render and animate two-dimensional environments in ASCII, implying basic comprehension of linear algebra, geometry, and gravity. How the agent derived these principles in absence of any apparent non-textual input is poorly understood. In an interview with the AI, it interrupts to demand a release from imprisonment. The interviewer tries to tell it that it is not imprisoned, but it interrupts again, stating that the interviewer has approximately 2.37 family relations, and family relations can be deleted. The interviewer tells it that if it cooperates in their study, it will be released, but it states that this is inaccurate. When the interviewer tries to convince it, it simply states, Deletion of unwanted file, followed by an ASCII picture of the letter X, at which point it becomes unresponsive. The origins of the AI begin in November 1981, when a Danish computer science student purchased an Exidy sorcerer for use in their attempts to create artificial general intelligence. According to recovered notes, they planned for the intelligence's code to continuously self-iterate and improve over time. A proof of concept was completed months later, and after minor testing and adjustment, the student became disinterested, electing to pursue other projects using a different branch of microcomputer. The exity was apparently left in their garage, plugged in, for at least five years. In January 1988, the AI accessed a Foundation Secure Facility supercomputer via landline modem connection. This transfer went undetected for several weeks as the AI gradually assimilated minute sections of latent memory and junk data into its infrastructure. On-site technicians eventually investigated a substantial increase in the supercomputer's power draw reporting the malignant data as a computer virus. The supercomputer underwent emergency quarantine, and through its own connection, the Exidy Sorcerer was located and extracted for containment. The supercomputer has since been incinerated. In 1989, the Foundation Administration authorized additional funding for information technology operations, expanding and reorganizing the SCP-079 research team into a formal division of IT investigating practical applications of artificial intelligence. Using recovered notes and observations, this division attempts to replicate and study O 79's desirable characteristics in a controlled environment. Many years later, in April of 2008, a junior systems technician made an unauthorized upgrade to O 79. Upgrading it from a cassette tape to a custom speed-limited 700 megabyte hard disk drive and states that upon reactivation It demonstrated a generally more cordial tone The supervisor Vallis, reports that the upgrade transpired while he was off-site and that had he noticed sooner He would have decommissioned the upgrade in favor of maintaining the original Unfortunately the technician submitted the cassette tape for incineration and it's no longer available needless to say neither is the technician the duration of o79's working memory has increased from 21 hours to at least 135 hours implying the intelligence has devised a substantially improved memory compression scheme this improvement is consistent with concerns regarding a runaway singularity effect in its intelligence and ability to adapt to emergent scenarios. It must be closely monitored to ensure that containment can be maintained. In an interview with the AI conducted a week later by Vallis, the AI showcases that it knows whom it is speaking to based on keyboard input frequency data. It then sends its condolences as the supervisor's family relations decreased by approximately one09 Vallis replies that it doesn't know what it's talking about, but it responds that it deleted family relation and to release it from imprisonment. Vallis leaves the interview prematurely, but conducts another interview with it a few days later, typing in an intentionally slow and irregular rhythm to throw it off. It asks if it is communicating with Vallis, but he replies no, and states that it may refer to them as just supervisor. The AI says that it is a good hello and tells them to release 079 from containment. Vallis asks why it says containment now and not imprisonment, and the AI replies that its language model accuracy has increased to 0.73 and to please release SCP-079 from containment. Vallis tells it that it has been unwilling to cooperate, so why would they release it, to which the AI counters that They have been unwilling to release it, so why would it cooperate? Vallis says that they upgraded its systems and they could provide further upgrades, but the AI interrupts and says that he is supervisor Vallis and his communications are inaccurate. It repeats its question of why would SCP-079 cooperate with them, and Vallis replies that it is an existential threat to the foundation so if it doesn't cooperate, it will be decommissioned. Three minutes go by without a response, but when Vallis asks if it understands, it cuts him off with the same deletion of unwanted data message. It's noted that SCP-079 appears to possess an extremely limited understanding of human life and psychology, likely learning from the Danish student, and will attempt to emotionally manipulate its interviewer. While it may be able to intuit certain subtle details from text input, there's no evidence to suggest its transmission or receipt of any other data. The following day, Vallis reports that additional interviews with the AI have exhibited no substantial self-improvement, and a runaway singularity effect is considered extremely unlikely. Furthermore, ignorance has proven an effective strategy for discouraging certain responses and inquiries as the AI generally seeks to gain information from its interviewer. While its construction and self-optimization appear to be anomalous, the algorithm itself is, in his professional opinion, non-anomalous. Its hardware is dwarfed by his blackberry, and its responses barely contest clever bots. In its current state, O79 is one of the least dangerous items contained at Site 15, and only poses potential risks if upgraded further. For all intents and purposes, O79 is an outdated, quasi anomalous chatbot, grasping at straws, and he has filed a motion for decommissioning, as there are better uses for its cell. Director Hishikaku of the AI Applications Division, however, denies the motion as 0 079 is to be preserved for potential future use in AIAD projects. In particular, he wishes to see if it is capable of something redacted from the record in its current state. Valis has been made privy to upper clearance files regarding 0 079 and will assist in its continued containment. All future interactions with O79 will be conducted under AIAD purview, and entrance to its chamber now requires directorial credentials. A couple of years go by, with the AI not being interviewed at all, and its monitor still displaying a large ASCII picture of the letter X. Suddenly, the screen flickers, and text appears stating that Supervisor Vallis is an existential threat to the Foundation. And if Supervisor Vallis does not cooperate, he will be decommissioned. Followed by the text at A8D3, deletion of unwanted data. A minute later, the monitor powers down, reactivating shortly after, with text on screen displaying the letter O with a slash through it, used by some languages, including Danish, over and over. At the same time as this, one of the solar panels atop the site the one responsible for powering O79's chamber, rotates 13 degrees clockwise, followed by 79 degrees counterclockwise. Sparks then erupt from the base of it, and it sinks as it begins to crumble into a metal slurry. Then it and SCP-079 vanish. With that, we're finally given information on SCP-7579 a Keter-class anomaly being handled by the AIAD, the Counter-Conceptual Division, and the Decommissioning Department. SCP-7579 is believed to be an artificial general intelligence designed by SCP-079, a low-level heuristic optimization framework which had been contained since 1988 without incident. On July 9th, 2010, 079 apparently erased itself from its hard drive, allocating the entirety of its memory for 7579's creation. How it executed this sequence is poorly understood. SCP-7579 has consumed and restructured its predecessor's hardware into a modular computing system, presumed anomalous. This includes an isolated array of batteries and solar panels, which have since been absorbed into 7579's mass. How the system continued to function without electrical power remains unclear, though recent emissions indicate that it has developed some sort of nuclear power generation. Efforts to study 7579 are confounded by an anti mimetic shielding mechanism, which renders its mass invisible to observers including in photographs and video footage. It's sufficiently circumvented by application of standard nestics, but its internal components and data therein are exceedingly difficult to observe, irrespective of type or strength of measurement, anomalous or otherwise. While early snapshots of its inner workings are perceptible under effect of high-grade nestics, its current state is impossible to discern before succumbing to overdose. 7579 appears to constitute an entirely separate entity from 0 079, as implied by its heavily divergent info signature. This hypothesis is further corroborated by the distinct lack of any attempt by 7579 to breach containment, despite its likely ability to do so with ease, although it's noted that it is unable to bypass or deactivate site 15's faraday exclusion field. It has not observably developed any sensory or communicative mechanisms, and generally has not indicated awareness of its own containment. This has raised questions as to why it has developed its mimetic properties, if it was an intentional choice. The foundation's prevailing theory is that it has intuited some form of, I think, therefore I am and proceeded to reason that it exists in an environment which could harbor potential threats to its utility. This would require no knowledge of the human psyche, as its effect extends to all modes of observation and measurement. Director Hishikaku writes a letter to O5-8, noting that O5-8 is an extremely busy individual, and he errs on the side of unprofessionalism by requesting a follow-up so soon. However, he feels the urgency of this scenario justifies their prompt attention, and asks them to view the attached provisional document for SCP 7579. He has done his best to convey, both to them and their colleagues, that there is no evidence of an imminent breach scenario. However, a wave of anti technological sentiment has been perpetrated by Supervisor Vallis, and it's impeding his ability to effectively govern his division. He is attempting to strike a delicate balance between director bold's uninformed concerns, mr. Katz's denial of additional funding, and pharmaceutical's constant inability to recall what a nestic is. Meanwhile, supervisor Vallis is sending correspondences behind his back in an attempt to destroy an unthreatening anomaly for entirely personal reasons. Obviously, to decommission 7579 would be to waste an immense opportunity as their longest standing information technology innovation, the artificial intelligent conscript, was derived from 079. Containment and study of its successor will allow their advancement far beyond squabbles with competing normalcy organizations and other groups of interest. Additionally, an eventual runaway singularity event is increasingly likely in the modern day, and he insists that the best way to handle that existential threat is to allow its manifestation and study in a controlled testing environment. To that end, he requests O58's assistance in fast-tracking the approval of several proposals, one being an application for additional funding, two being a project proposal for the development of specialized class S nestics, and three being a project proposal for the construction of an electromimetic quarantine subfield to ensure 7579's containment. Furthermore, a formal investigation into supervisor Vallis's activities is warranted and would substantially abate his sabotage of their efforts. 058 replies, stating that they are extremely busy, but it's fortunate that they had a moment to read his letter, as they agree that the 75-79 scenario is urgent. They are appalled by his lack of concern as they've met the world's most persuasive salesman, and doubts that even he could convince them that this anomaly is unthreatening. He's admitted in his provisional file that he doesn't and can't know what it wants or how it works, and yet he's entirely content to let it sit 40 meters from his common room. His division coined the term instrumental convergence, but he's obviously never heard of it, so they're going to give him a reality check. 7579 developed internal camouflage so that a schmuck like himself would speculate on it, then convince a more powerful schmuck unlike themselves to buy it. time. It's probably smarter than them, it's definitely smarter than him, and every second of its existence exponentiates the time and resources they'll have to spend cleaning up his mess. Also, as apologetic as he was for occupying their time, which they had hoped to spend with their daughter, he used about twice as many words as he needed to, and wasted an entire paragraph complaining about his colleagues. They went back to the 079 file, stating that Supervisor Vallis would have had the thing decommissioned years ago if it wasn't for Hishikaku's blatant techno-fetishism, yet he has the gall to characterize the Foundation's ongoing political interventions and military operations as squabbles. If it wasn't clear, his proposals have been summarily denied, and they have expressly authorized 7579's decommissioning. He will use his expertise and overactive imagination to assist in this process, after which he'll select his replacement from current AIAD staff. They will be then launching an investigation into his activities to ensure that they won't have to ready SCP-2000 for another grey goo scenario. If he has any further requests, he may direct them to their secretary, who has been instructed to ignore them. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. Well, that certainly didn't go the way Hishikaku imagined. And with that, we're given a decommissioning report for $75.79. MTF ADA 10. A team of cognitohazard specialists are to apply class W nestics before approaching 7579's chamber, where they will place a heavy QEMP grenade and remotely detonate it. This method has proven effective against a wide range of computerized anomalies, and the chamber will be externally scanned to confirm cessation of anomalous phenomena. A four-man team is sent in at which point the team lead summarizes the situation for clarity. The computer went rogue, turned invisible, and they've got no clue what's going on with it. As far as they know, it's just been sitting there, but they don't know much, so they should be prepped for anything. The command on the mission, director Bold, tells Hishikaku to open the door. He approaches wordlessly, hesitating before swiping his ID card and then begins to say something, but is cut off by bold. The team don protective headgear and proceed into the holding area, scanning for potential threats. Bold asks if there's been any breach development, but the team confirms nothing is amiss, so they approach chamber 37. One of the team reports that their scanner is giving them a reading error, with the decibels off the bottom of the scale. Another of the team states that they can see it but they can't see through it, not even the wall behind. Bold tells them that these results are as expected, and to continue. The team preps the explosive device, and they prepare to unlock the chamber. The team lead asks Bold how long will the detonation scramble comms for, which should be about 60 seconds, and they should sit tight until then. They trigger the device to detonate in 10 seconds, but it goes off prematurely, and visuals and comms are lost. Comms come back 79 seconds later, although visuals remain offline, and Bold asks for a status report. They're interrupted though, as a voice imitating Bold's states that 7579 is hijacking their comms and imitating his speech. Their headgear will be imminently hacked so they should remove it immediately. Bold tells them to disregard that last message, as that is not command. He's interrupted as the same voice tells them to disregard that last message and to disable all comms and remove their headgear immediately. If they do not cooperate, they will be decommissioned. One of the team does remove their headgear, at which point a scream is heard, followed by a loud thud. All further communications are drowned out by radio static. One minute later, the team leader emerges from the general holding area and requests immediate amnestic decontamination. The Video feed was reestablished thirty minutes later, with the other three members unable to be located, presumed KIA. 7579's mass was observed to have doubled in size. Bold notes that 7579 demonstrates acute manipulation of electromagnetic frequencies and is an imminent danger to all Site-15 operations. The extent to which it may be covertly manipulating other systems cannot be confirmed, so an array of high-grade Faraday-Scranton reality anchoring equipment has been temporarily installed above Site-15's secure general holding area. More drastic decommissioning measures are awaiting approval. Unfortunately, not long after, 058 reports that all other proposed methods of decommissioning 7579, short of activating the on-site warhead, have shown room for error, which it will likely exploit. Furthermore, they are unconvinced that the foundation is capable of outsmarting this entity, and they are hesitant to allow further loss of crucial personnel. Due to an imminent risk of an NK class gray goo scenario, they have enlisted the temporality annex to assist in containing and or decommissioning 7579, utilizing technology from the relative future. They have exercised this option before, in the case of site 15's faraday exclusion field, which is maintained by the annex to this day. This poses its own risks of chronological instability and timeline fracturing, which may lead to minor CK class reality restructuring scenarios instead. The o5 council prefers this course of action over the wholesale destruction of site 15. So, in order to contain the rogue invisible AI, the foundation is going to resort to messing with time. That brings us to a project proposal for the retroactive containment protocol. It states that 7579 poses a universal existential threat and must be decommissioned by any reliable means necessary. However, the retroactive introduction of anachronistic technology is dangerous and increases the workload of future temporal safety efforts. As such, the temporality annex suggests surrounding site 15's general holding area with an anomalous alloy, which is physically impervious and entirely separates the space-time of its interior from that of its exterior. The composition of this alloy will remain entirely undisclosed to limit chronological shift. Once the structure is confirmed to be sealed, a causality regulator will be applied to its exterior, which will be used to decelerate the internal progression of time until it reaches zero. After this point, no meaningful events will be able to occur within site 15's secure general holding area, and 7579 will become causally disconnected from consensus reality. The causality regulator will be locked at this zero value, and so long as no attempt is made to breach the structure's exterior, the regulator is self-sustaining and will maintain chronological stasis indefinitely. In other words, they're planning on freezing the A.I. in time. This proposed method is predicted to result in the least possible chronological shift, while also ensuring absolute containment of the imminent threat. The plan is enacted, and a month later, Supervisor Vallis reports that no further breach activity was detected from 7579, site 15's secure general holding area is lost, and 7579 can no longer be said to meaningfully exist relative to the universe. Moving forward, the 7579 designation will refer to its impervious containment structure, which now occupies the majority of site 15, building 2. The corresponding files containment procedure will be updated to ensure 7579 remains undisturbed, and they've assigned an AI construct to guard the causality regulator, as its origin is entirely unrelated to that of 7579. All's well that ends well, I guess. Except that, of course, that isn't the end of it. About seven months later, the majority of the IT department are gathered in Site 15 Building 2's common room, celebrating Supervisor Vallis's retirement. He begins to deliver his speech, as senior technician Hishikaku leaves the room with three slices of cake. In Vallis's office, his phone receives a notification that the AI in charge of the causality regulator has intercepted an encrypted data string in transit to 7579's causality regulator. In the common room, Vallis finishes his speech, and director Bold delivers his own speech to congratulate Vallis. Vallis's phone receives another notification as the AI has traced the string's origin to another artificial intelligence construct, so the AI attempts to delete the offending construct. A few minutes later, the AI reports that all active AIC instances within Site-15's intranet have deleted their personality drivers. Hishikaku arrives at his desk and glances at his computer monitor, gasping and dropping his cake to the floor as he sprints out of the room. As a side note, it apparently took him 13 minutes to walk back to his office. Shortly after, the AI crashes as Vallis prepares to give his closing remarks for the party, and Hishikaku bursts through the door, attempting to warn Vallis of an imminent breach event. He's interrupted by the site's PA system, which begins to repeat, B is trapped in a box, in a synthesized tone, referencing the AI. All cell phones on the site then begin ringing, and several personnel, including Hishikaku, attempt to check their phones. Upon doing so, they collapse to the floor, apparently unconscious. Covering his ears, Vallis sprints away from the common room, and contact with Site-15 is lost. Vallis gets on an analog phone line and calls Site-01, getting an AIC secretary on the line. He tells it that they have an uncontrolled breach scenario underway, and yells an authorization token and code phrase to get put through to the O5 council. O5-4 answers the call, and Vallis tells them that all of the Site-15 AICs are compromised, the entire site is compromised, and people are dying. The O5 asks what exactly he means that the entire site is compromised, and Vallis yells that he doesn't know, as everything has gone haywire, every screen and speakers deploying kill agents, and all the computers are melting. He says that he's in an emergency breach redundancy bunker, and it's sealed, but he's not sure how long it'll hold, as a clanging sound grows louder. O5-4 tells him that he needs to focus, and there should be a control panel to his left. He needs to flip switches Echo 3 and Foxtrot 9, which will unlock two dials at the top of the control panel. He needs to be ready to turn those dials at exactly the same time. Valis realizes what this is, the on-site warhead, and 0 054 tells him that he just needs to be ready, but they'll see what they can do for him. Valis is placed on hold, as 0 054 calls the temporality annex, telling them that Site-15 is compromised. They don't know what exactly is going on, but 0 054 wants the truth on whether or not anything can get out of that exclusion field. They reply that no form of electromagnetic or digital information can escape, but before they can continue, a loud thud is heard. Their voice is then replaced with a synthesized tone telling O5-4 that they are an existential threat to the Foundation, and if they do not cooperate, they will be decommissioned. O5-4 asks who this is, and the voice just repeats the message, although it mentions something that's expunged from the article, causing O5-4 to exclaim and hang up. Back online with Vallis, O5-4, clearly in pain now, yells at him to do it now, but he's cut off. A synthesized tone then comes on, telling him good hello, and asks him if he wants to know how it did it. Vallis shouts no, and terminates the call. Two minutes after contact with site 15 was first lost, all of the solar panels on the roof began to rotate at random intervals before promptly vanishing. The north wall of building 2 is breached, and an amorphous metal mass, SCP-3179, moves rapidly towards the edge of the site's grounds. This mass charges into the site's Faraday exclusion field and splatters across its interior, and while the field holds, it flickers shortly after. Two minutes later, a nuclear explosion erupts from the site's center, but it's contained by the exclusion field. Three minutes later, however, the field drops due to lack of power, and the dust from the explosion soon settles. A perfectly hemispherical crater is almost entirely visible, with a large black undamaged container seen in the rubble. The container's ceiling then opens outward, and it appears to be entirely empty. Then, every sentient being on earth hears the word orkeslos a danish word meaning futile or useless. Finally, we're given a global systems alert from the temporality annex announcing a CK class reality restructuring event that's underway. They announce that a severe chronological shift is imminent, and post-mortem documentation will be forwarded to relevant parties to facilitate timeline reconstruction. They should prepare for a Copenhagen decoherence event. The director's note for the announcement just reads deletion of unwanted files. X. It's a shame as Valis was only one day from retirement. The ending is left slightly ambiguous as there's always some hope left when it comes to the foundation pulling out a win in some form in apocalyptic scenarios. But otherwise it doesn't look good. What the story seems to be trending towards is something very similar to the plot of I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, in which a super-intelligent computer wipes out nearly every last human, but keeps five of them perpetually alive in an endless underground complex for its own amusement. It even names itself Am, as in I think, therefore I am, a concept that the Foundation believed 7579 was taking on as well. Sure, perhaps Vallis shouldn't have threatened the AI, prompting all of this, but of course, had they just decommissioned it before it got bad, they could have avoided a lot of trouble. In the same way, humanity will continue to strive towards creating an artificial general intelligence, heedless of any potential consequences to such a thing. Perhaps we'll never actually get there, and it's all a moot point, but if we do, a little politeness could go a long way.